UN chief to meet with Blinken on trip to Washington. Victoria Kim Anushka Padel Farnes Fasihai Maria Varenikova. The United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, was set to travel to Washington on Wednesday to meet with Secretary of State Antony J. Blinken as part of continued efforts to salvage the Black Sea Grain deal. Russia's foreign minister described the agreement on Tuesday as being in a deadlock with its expiration date quickly approaching. Mr. Guterres is expected to meet with Mr. Blinken and members of Congress in three days of meetings in Washington after sitting down with Russia's foreign minister, Sergei V. Lavrov, on Tuesday. Among the topics he is expected to discuss are the war in Ukraine and the grain deal, which has increasingly appeared to be in jeopardy amid complaints from Russia that aspects of the agreement that would facilitate the export of Russian grain and fertilizers were not being upheld. We are at a very delicate time in the renewal of the Black Sea Initiative, Mr. Guterres' spokesman, Stefan Dujaric, said on Tuesday. In a news conference at the United Nations, Mr. Lavrov reiterated complaints that Russia has had trouble selling its own grain and fertilizer because of sanctions on its financial transactions. The United Nations has stressed the importance of the deal, which has allowed more than 29 million tons of grain from Ukraine to reach world markets, including as part of humanitarian relief efforts. The United Nations and Turkey helped broker the agreement last July to allow Ukraine to export grain across the Black Sea. The United Nations said it was working to push forward a parallel part of the deal relating to the resumption of exports of Russia's ammonia, an ingredient in fertilizer, through a pipeline across Ukraine to the Black Sea port of Odessa. But there remain a couple of obstacles which we're trying to overcome, Mr. Dejarik said. The spokesman said that while the back-to-back timing of the Secretary-General's meetings was coincidental, no doubt, it is important that he will be meeting with both Mr. Lavrov and Mr. Blinken in a short amount of time. He declined to detail what the UN chief would be discussing with Mr. Blinken. On Monday, the United Nations said that Mr. Guterres had delivered a letter to Mr. Lavrov addressed to Russia's President, Vladimir V. Putin, outlining a new proposal for extending the deal. Mr. Lavrov said, in a statement, after meeting with Mr. Guterres that Moscow would give the letter a thorough review. Thus far, we do not see the Western countries' desire to carry out what is necessary for the successful implementation of the Secretary-General's initiative, he said. We will study his latest ideas now that we have them in black and white. Mikhail Podolyak, an advisor to President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine, told Reuters that Mr. Guterres's proposal to extend the deal past its current May deadline could succeed only if the international community collectively pressures Russia. The State of the War Spring Offensive Ukraine is preparing to launch a counteroffensive against Russian forces in the face of immense risks. Without a decisive victory, Western support for Ukraine could weaken, and Kiev could come under increasing pressure to enter serious peace talks to end or freeze the conflict. In the south, Russian troops are forcibly relocating people from occupied areas near the city of Kherson as fighting there intensifies, Ukrainian officials said. Grain supplies. When Russia's war blocked vitally needed Ukrainian grain exports, EU officials succeeded in finding other routes out. But the solution has caused discontent among European farmers. 
Russia's Foreign Minister, Sergei V. Lavrov, added to the uncertainty facing the soon-to-expire Black Sea Grain deal, saying on Tuesday that the initiative had failed to deliver any benefits for his country, referring to it as in deadlock. Speaking at a news conference at the United Nations, Mr. Lavrov repeated complaints that Russia continued to face obstacles in selling its own grain and fertilizer because of Western sanctions on its financial transactions. The sanctions were put in place to punish Russia after its full-scale invasion of Ukraine in February 2022. The grain deal, brokered last July by the United Nations and Turkey to allow Ukraine to export grain across the Black Sea, was accompanied by assurances that Russia's agricultural products would also make it to market. But Russian officials have complained that impediments remain. Ukraine and Russia are among the world's largest food exporters, and the grain deal sought to ensure supplies reached hungry nations. Mr. Lavrov disputed that such an outcome had been achieved. The grain deal rapidly went from a humanitarian initiative to a commercial initiative, Mr. Lavrov said, asserting that only some of the grain Ukraine was exporting was reaching poor countries. He may have been a referring to the grain passing not through the Black Sea, but through European nations. The European Union removed tariffs on Ukrainian grain to ease its overland passage during the war, but some of the grain has flooded markets in Eastern Europe. On Tuesday, a meeting of EU agricultural ministers, called to address the fury of Eastern European farmers facing plummeting prices, failed to achieve a resolution. The grain deal has been extended twice since July, though Russia has chafed at its terms and briefly suspended participation in November. In March, Russia refused to agree to another 120-day extension, limiting its current term to March 18. The United Nations has been seeking to extend the arrangement past that date to protect global food security and prevent a rise in prices. Antonio Guterres, the organization's secretary-general, is scheduled to travel to Washington on Wednesday to meet with Secretary of State Antony J. Blinken and members of Congress, according to Stefan Dejaric, a United Nations spokesman. Among the topics on the agenda are the war in Ukraine and the Grain Deal. We are at a very delicate time in the renewal of the Black Sea Initiative, Mr. Dujaric said. He added that the United Nations was working to push forward a parallel part of the deal relating to Russia's ammonia pipeline for selling fertilizers and grain, but said that several obstacles still remained. On Monday, the organization said that Mr. Guterres had given Mr. Lavrov a letter to Russia's president, Vladimir V. Putin, that laid out a new proposal for extending and expanding the deal. The United Nations added that the same letter had been sent to the other signatories to the deal, the presidents of Ukraine and Turkey. On Tuesday, Mr. Lavrov said Mr. Putin had not yet had a chance to review the letter and formulate a response. On the European front, the European Union's agriculture minister, Janusz Wojciechowski, said that negotiations in Luxembourg on Tuesday had not yet produced a resolution with five member nations, Poland, Hungary, Romania, Slovakia and Bulgaria, that acted on their own accord to manage farmers' anger over the glut of cheap Ukrainian farm imports. Under pressure to maintain solidarity within the bloc, Mr. Wojciechowski began a news conference after a meeting of the bloc's Agriculture Council by stating that the crisis was 100% caused by Russia's aggression in Ukraine. The five member states, he added, were very close to agreeing on a solution to the farmers' complaints. 
the European Commission, the bloc's executive arm, has put forth a proposal offering $110 million from the bloc's crisis reserve fund to help compensate the farmers. It also proposes allowing the five countries to maintain a temporary import ban on a handful of Ukrainian products that make up the vast majority of the Ukrainian imports, corn, wheat, rapeseed, sunflower seeds and sunflower oil, Mr. Wojciechowski said. In Mr. Lavrov's news conference on Tuesday, held as Russia began wrapping up its controversial month-long post as president of the Security Council, he did not contain his comments to the Grain Initiative. He also blamed U.S. meddling in Sudan for the current eruption of violence there. Mr. Lavrov said that American engineering geopolitics and sanctions on Sudan's leader had led to the division of the country into Sudan and South Sudan, and added that there must be African solutions for African problems. Mr. Lavrov also defended the presence of the Wagner Group, a private Russian military force, in conflicts in Africa, including Sudan where the private company has been accused of supporting the Rapid Support Forces, a paramilitary group now fighting the Sudanese army. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei V. Lavrov, hinted on Tuesday at the possibility of a prisoner swap involving two Americans detained in Russia, Paul Whelan and the Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich. Speaking at a wide-ranging news conference at the United Nations, Mr. Lavrov said the channel to discuss detained American and Russian citizens was created when President Biden and Russia's President, Vladimir V. Putin, met in Geneva in 2021. Back then, Mr. Lavrov said, the channel did not provide for the involvement of journalists. This is work that is not public in nature and publicity here will only complicate the process, Mr. Lavrov said at the United Nations, where Russia is wrapping up a contentious month-long stint as president of the Security Council, a rotating position. Mr. Lavrov said that several American citizens were serving prison sentences in Russia for various crimes, but that Mr. Whelan and Mr. Gershkovich had been detained when they were committing a crime, receiving material. That he maintained consisted of state secrets. Russia has provided no evidence of such charges against Mr. Gershkovich. Mr. Whelan, a former U.S. Marine, was detained minutes after he was handed a USB stick by a Russian acquaintance that Russia maintains contained a classified list of its security agents. The Biden administration has classified both men as wrongfully detained, tantamount to being political prisoners. Mr. Lavrov said Russia rejected the notion that journalists did not commit crimes, apparently making reference to the phrase journalism is not a crime that press advocacy groups often quote in campaigns to release detained journalists around the world, like Mr. Gershkovich. Mr. Gershkovich, who was on a reporting trip in the city of Ekaterinburg, was detained on March 29 and accused of espionage, a charge that his employer and the United States emphatically reject. He was formally charged on April 7 and remains in custody at Moscow's Lefortovo prison, a detention center where inmates are held in isolation and receive only rare visits from lawyers. Mr. Whelan was detained in December 2018, then tried and convicted. He is serving a 16-year prison sentence. The United States has agreed to prisoner swaps with Russia recently to free detained Americans, most notably for the WNBA star Brittany Griner, in December, and Trevor Reed, a former U.S. Marine, in April 2022. This is one in an occasional series of dispatches about life amid the war in Ukraine. Oleksandr Shultyn, Ukraine, the bombardment began at night. Rockets rained down. 
On one street, every house blew up, scattering bricks and debris. At dawn, medics stationed in the village ventured out of a cellar, looking for human casualties. Instead, they saw four older villagers, all apparently unhurt, leading a cow wounded by shrapnel. The medics decided to treat the animal. We are used to human doses and didn't know how much painkiller to inject, but figured out approximately, said Volodymyr, a combat medic in the Ukrainian army, who asked to be identified only by his first name in keeping with military rules. After that, we extracted all the shrapnel we could find and treated the wounds. Home farming is widespread in Ukraine. In frontline villages where most residents have fled because of the war, those who stayed behind often did so because they didn't want to abandon dairy cows, animals so prized that they are often considered to be almost family members. Cows are included in religious celebrations. Their milk provides a source of income. Visitors would struggle to find a cow in any Ukrainian village whose family hadn't given it a name. The animal also holds a special significance in a country with agonizing memories of the Holodomor, the famine engineered by Joseph Stalin 90 years ago, said Alina Brechenko, the founder of Yuzikultura, an independent project about the gastronomic culture of Ukraine. Separation can be heartbreaking. Tatiana, a 53-year-old woman who fled a village near Bakhmut last May, left three cows behind. It has been almost a year. Sometimes I think I let it go, but then I remember my cows and cry, she said by telephone from the Zydemir region, where she now lives. Like others interviewed for this article, she asked that her full name not be used for safety reasons. I ran around to the neighbors asking to take my cows, but no one wanted them, she recalled. I ran to the butchers, asking to cut their throats as I couldn't do it myself, but they refused. I just left them tethered, she added. I understood I couldn't let them go as they would destroy other people's gardens. Her village, Vasyakivka, remains occupied by Russians, and Tatiana has no idea what became of the animals. The medics who treated the wounded cow in Oleksandr Shultine named her Baryanka, or Brownie. Baryanka had a concussion and multiple shrapnel injuries. For two days, she could barely stand. The medics treated her with antibiotics, and on the third day, she finally stood up. She and four other cows whose barns had burned were brought to the yard of an abandoned house where the medics look after wounded soldiers. Now the cows are in their care, too. That allowed several families to evacuate, knowing their livestock was in good hands. Baryanka is still very weak, but is giving milk again. Her owner fled to a nearby village, but still returns to milk Baryanka and the four other cows, giving some to the soldiers and other residents while keeping some for herself. Zina Richkova, 71, one of the neighbors who helped save Baryanka, also lost her barn in the shelling. She has three hens and one rooster, which now live with her in her kitchen. With them around, I have somebody to speak with, she said. I don't want to kill them. When I hear in the morning the rooster singing, it means I am alive. 